Oh, you're giving me the thumbs up. So I'm doing the intro. Hi, <laughs> Unpopular Truth Podcast. <laughs> so you can tell we're not planners. There we go. I thought Ellis <laughs> was doing the intro, but he gave me the thumbs up to do the intro. So Unpopular Truth Podcast. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. Good. It's been a while. It's been a hot minute. It's been too long. Since we've um, done a podcast, Ellis is um, really busy with school, mm. so it's hard to find some free time together and I've been busy healing yeah healing is a is a full-time job so um physical healing is mirrored uh, it's a mirror of spiritual healing so it's a full-time job that's a whole nother podcast we'll quit throwing out topics oh my <laughs> gosh we have to do the one now and right. then we can talk about other ones later <laughs> Okay, so what are we talking about today since we're the worst intro yeah, people ever? Yeah, it's so bad. Let's talk about heaven. Heaven. So we have had a couple of questions come in uh, just to talk about what heaven is like. And um, I think it's a popular question uh, because, well, for a lot of reasons. Yeah. We don't have uh, an eyewitness account in no. our... <laughs> century. <laughs> um, all we have is scripture. So we, we do have some accounts and Ellis and I'll talk about that today of what heaven is like. Um, but we haven't had a, you know, like a physical account. So, so I think that's one of the main reasons that we get this question. For sure. Um, what's another reason that we get the question about? I mean, probably it's like? because it's where our eternity is going to be spent. I mean, Right. You kind of so, want to know where what you're getting yourself into in a absolutely. way. Absolutely. So as humans, you know, we kind of want to plan. We want to know where we're going. Um, and so uh, this is a great question to have as a believer because uh, if you look in Scripture, you know, this is um, the picture of Abraham, right? So God said um, to Abraham in Genesis, uh, you're going to go to a different place and I'm going to take you there, but you're not going to really see it until you get there yeah so um you know he does the same thing with us uh, abraham's whole life is a a picture of salvation and so that's one of the aspects of it so it is a good question to have it's um it's a logical question for sure so what would you say the most common view of heaven is like if we <laughs> went if we went on broadway and we just on Broadway, stopped like the stage or no, the no, 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 <laughs> the street, like in Nashville, obviously okay. like, and we just so stopped a, a, yeah. some rando and was like, what, what do you think, think heaven's like? What, what would their response most likely be? The responses are far and wide because we don't base our perspective of heaven on scripture. A lot of times we base it on uh, secular views. Yeah. So movies, books media uh so what does that look like yeah Ellis? so <laughs> <laughs> when we when we talked about this before um it was kind of funny because we were like oh it's gonna be you know yeah. there's gonna be an angel in a big white robe yes with a very pretty humanized face beautiful giant gorgeous wings that yeah. don't flap because no. it just levitates they <laughs> just have the noisy. wings yeah mm -hmm. the wings are just there for picture and then they have this tiny little harp that they very just small. pluck around <laughs> while they just float. They just, and, yeah. and almost what seems like nothingness, just like they're just floating. They're just there. There's just nothing around them, but they're plucking that little harp. Right. While their wings are just <laughs> out. 
<laughs> like not moving. Right. So that's that's one of the interesting uh, views of heaven. And why why do we talk about the reason it's interesting? <laughs> we have an inside joke. <laughs> that's not what angels are like. Because in Scripture, every time, if you'll go back through Scripture, and, and y'all do this uh, after the podcast when you have a few minutes, every time an angel is mentioned, the person with whom the angel is interacting is scared to death. Yeah. Now, from a, a secular viewpoint, you would think, well, yeah, because you've never seen that before. But honestly, in Scripture, when we're going to talk about this as we get into the episode, angels are freaky. Yeah. Looking. Yeah. Like they don't, they're not human, which is a whole nother podcast, right? Angels. Yeah. Do we turn into angels? So they're not human in their appearance so that's probably why the people in scripture thought they were going to immediately die yeah. because they were so frightened because of their appearance so it is funny that the secular view of heaven has good-looking angels because it's probably not the case definitely not actually um what's another secular view of heaven or, or humanistic view yeah so another one would be once we get to heaven it'll be just like earth but we can do whatever we want. Yeah. So everyone's just walking around <laughs> doing whatever they thought was like their favorite thing to do on earth. Right. So like for me, like I'd be up there like shooting hoops with Jesus, like <laughs> on the daily, you know, like me and Jesus yeah. playing a little one-on-one, like Jesus would be rebounding. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like I'd have right. the most perfect rebounder because you know, that would be what I would want in heaven. Exactly. So this, so we talk about this a lot. This view is very individualized. Um, it's very self-centered. It's a view of heaven that, just like Ella said, it's basically my perfect earth. Yeah. With Jesus added in. Yeah. So, so it's like the best earth ever. Um, if your favorite, you know, season is winter or summer, that's the way it is there all the time. Yeah. And uh, Jesus, like I said, is is at your uh, immediate disposal. He's just there whenever you need him physically. Yeah. And then you just get to do whatever. Do whatever. Like uh, if you're, you know, what like Ellis said, whatever your hobby is, if it's sports or hunting or reading or jogging or, you know, I guess if you're a marathon runner, you would have endless mitochondrial energy to just yeah, run just and run. run and run. Never stop running. <laughs> so so that's another common secular view of heaven, which obviously is very self-focused. Yes. But even as Christians... We still have those views and thoughts about heaven. We have to be on guard against that yeah. because um, even at believers' um, funerals or celebrations of life... You know, what do we always say? You know, we will see, see them again. Later. Yeah. You know, we w- this is not goodbye. This is see you soon. Yeah. Or this is see you later. So again, even strong believers, um, we we individualize and internalize heaven to ourselves that we're going to see our loved ones. So the people who we loved the most or that loved us the most, and we're going to be reunited with them. Um, that that's the primary focus. And so we have to be careful of that because although that's true, that's not the focus of heaven. Yeah. 
Uh, and although, you know, no more pain, no more suffering, no weeping, no mourning, although those things are true, we have to always be on guard against the focus of having being yeah. you and me. Yeah, it's it's like I said earlier, we almost have to view heaven in the same way that we view scripture oh, through yeah. a certain lens, right? So yes. when we look at scripture, we view it in the lens of like for Christ, Christ and as a focus of Christ. So like when we view heaven, we can't view heaven as, oh, it's for us. Yes. We have to view heaven as for Christ. Christ. So both right. of them have to be viewed on the same lens or we have major yeah. problems and a, and a false depiction of both. Right. Because right. if we view scripture as for us, we have a false depiction of scripture. And if we view heaven for us, we have a false depiction of heaven. And that's probably one of the most common mistakes of studying scripture. For sure. Is that you are looking for yourself in the narrative instead of looking for Jesus. Yeah. In the narrative. Um, we always want to know where we fit in. And there are times that we do fit in. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that's always the case, but the focus of studying scripture is Christ yeah, and getting to know him as deeply as we should. Yeah. Yeah. For so, sure. So that's the same. That's great, Ellis. So we need to think that way about heaven. So um, in scripture, we have a lot of depictions of heaven. Mm -hmm. We actually do. We just need to dig them out. Yes. And then, of course, compare and contrast those passages. And the cool thing is that they all pretty much look the same. Yeah. So this topic of study is actually one of the easier ones because the, the passages really describe the same thing. When, when the man encounters the throne room or mm -hmm. encounters heaven being opened, it actually looks very, very similar. Yeah. So this is a cool topic that one of our, one of our favorites for sure. So uh, let's get into scripture. Ellis, where do you want me to start? Do you want to start or me start? Doesn't matter. You start. Okay. Where are you so starting? So let's talk about... Well, let's talk about heaven because we actually have a physical description of it in Revelation. So if you go all the way back um, to the end of your Bible, uh, Revelation 21, John, who wrote this book, talks about what heaven looks like. So you're going to see some little bits and pieces of uh, uh, people talking about, you know, streets of gold and things like that. And they're pulling that from Scripture, but there's actually a very detailed description of heaven um, in chapter 21. So talks about the new Jerusalem. That's actually how John describes heaven. He calls it the new Jerusalem. And then he describes it kind of starting in verse, um, let's see, verse 12 of chapter 21. He says, it had a great and high wall with 12 gates and at the gates, 12 angels and names were written on them, which were the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel. There are three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, three gates on the west. The wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were the 12 names of the 12 apostles. The one who spoke with me had a gold measuring rod to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. So right there, you know, when we talk about measuring or we talk about numbers in uh, Scripture— it denotes ownership, so this is owned by 
God. This yes. is That's why things are numbered in Scripture. That's why you have a whole book called Numbers. Okay, verse 16. It says, The city is laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its width, and he measured the city with the rod 1,500 miles. Its length and width and height are equal. So right there, length and width and height are equal. What does the city, New Jerusalem, look like? Square. Big box. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty simple. So he says um, he measured its wall 72 yards according to human measurements, which are also angelic measurements. The material of the wall was jasper, and the city was pure gold like clear glass. Okay, so that's, the, that's one of the uh, scriptures that we talk about heaven being filled with gold, gold streets. The foundation stones of the city wall were adorned with every kind of precious stone. Then he lists the stones. And then in verse 21, he says, 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. So you have to remember when we're talking about Revelation, John is describing to us things that he has never seen and things that we have never seen. So he's using things that we have seen yeah. to describe something we've never seen. So he says the streets are gold, and then he says like pure glass. So yeah. it's it's going to be something that we've never encountered before. Well, we can't. Right. So he's describing what it looks like. So it's a big box right now. So we actually have a physical description. I love the fact that all those measurements are in there because it tells us that this is an actual place. This is not a fairy tale. Uh, this is not Disneyland. This is a real physical location. So that's important to know because sometimes when we think about heaven or we talk to uh, unbelievers or believers about heaven, what do they say? They say, well, it's kind of just a state of mind. Yeah. You know, they say heaven can just be like a, a peaceful state of mind or a pure state of mind. But here in scripture, we have that it's a physical location. So th that's important. Yeah. So um, my verse is in Isaiah. So Where are you going? Okay. I'm going to go to Isaiah 6. Okay. Um, and this is the call of Isaiah. Okay. Um, so it says, starting in verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne, and the hem of his robe filled the temple, right? Okay. So I'm going to stop right there because obviously that's a lot. Yeah. So now we have a depiction of how God is in heaven, right. right? Very small to start out with, which it will grow as it goes on, right? right? But it says that he was seated on a high and lofty throne, mm -hmm. so you would assume that he is seated above every other creature in heaven right because it right. says high and lofty and then it says the hem of his robe filled the temple now this is hard to imagine because most people wouldn't think of wearing a robe that fills an right. entire room right um but this is obviously symbolic right. of his presence, presence right so his presence fills the entire temple which in this case isaiah is only in the temple right in this vision right so christ or god is filling the entire room Space. his presence is filling the entire room and that's the importance of the hem of his robe filling the temple right right so then it goes on seraphim were standing above him they each had six wings with two they covered their faces two they covered their feet two they flew and one called to another holy 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 is the lord of armies his glory fills the whole earth 
The foundations of the doorway shook at the sound of their voices, and the temple was filled with smoke. Oh. Okay. So, obviously, this is the a depiction of a seraphim or an angel. Angel. Right? And doesn't sound any... Like, there's no similarities here between what we would no. commonly view as an angel, right? They have well, six wings. Well, it doesn't wings. look human. Yeah, six wings, two covering their face, two covering their feet, and two they're flying, right? So there is movement of the wings. There's <laughs> movement. <Jealous>. Um, <laughs> and another depiction of an action that's going to take place in heaven, right? They're worshiping God, right? They're, right. they're, they're singing to him. Yeah. And they're singing to one another, right? So they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the whole earth, right? So now we have a depiction of God filling the temple and also filling the earth, right? So it just shows his omnipresence here Mm -hmm. by being in both places, filling the entire encompassing earth and the temple. Right. Moving on. Um, Then I said, woe is me for I am ruined. Because I am a man of unclean lips and live among a people of unclean lips. And because my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of armies, right? Here's our common response to seeing an angel and seeing God, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Please don't kill me, right? Right. That's that's the common response, right? So now the we have. Unworthiness. Yeah. But yeah, moving on. Verse six. Then one of the seraphim flew to me and in his hand was a glowing coal that he had taken off the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, now that this has touched your lips, your iniquity is removed and your sin is atoned for, right? So this is very important because before Isaiah can interact with God, he has to be cleansed, right? Right. It's the same thing for us. We have to be cleansed before we can enter into heaven, right? right? That's obviously the atonement for sin that Christ did on the cross. Yes. Do you have something? Yeah, and I'm just... I'm going to say it's the same thing. It's in, if we go back to Revelation 21, the chapter that we just read, if you'll drop down to the end of the chapter in verse 27, it says, nothing unclean, no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it. Yeah. So So there's our, it's a parallel passage of even just Isaiah seeing the throne room, even just him getting ready to be commissioned by God. Um, to, to go out and be a prophet and be a truth teller, he has to be cleansed. And then in Revelation, we see the same thing where it says, once we get to heaven, everyone is clean. There's nothing unclean in it. Yeah. In the New Jerusalem, there's there's nothing. So it's just an interesting parallel passage. Yeah, it's a very good parallel passage. Yeah. Um, so the rest of chapter 6 of Isaiah, um, Isaiah interacts with the Lord. Um, and the Lord gives him his call yeah. to prophesy mm-hmm. to Israel. Mm-hmm. And then he sends him out and he immediately in chapter seven goes and sends a message to Ahaz. So right. it's, it's pretty quick. Immediate. Yeah. It's pretty quick that he sees the Lord and the Lord's like, go. And he's like, all right, I guess I'm going and right. goes and does his thing. So yeah. what's the, what's the next passage? Well, let's talk about, it's so interesting that um, Ellis just said in Isaiah six, that Isaiah um, heard the angels worshiping, saying, holy, 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 um, in reference to God. And so if you'll go to Revelation 4, you're going to see almost the exact same description penned by John. So you're going to see in Revelation 4, he's going to describe these creatures. He calls them creatures. He doesn't call them um, angels. 
but he talks about the fact that they have six wings. So two, two, and two, just like, just like Isaiah saw. And then John says, the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, are full of eyes around and within, and day and night they do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, one who was and who, who is and who is to come. So again, we see the same thing from John in the New Testament that Isaiah, who's an Old Testament prophet, saw when heaven was open. Now, what does that tell us about heaven right now? It's the same. Same. That's what's going on in heaven right now, y'all. So if you ever just want to, you know, I've done this over this last year. If you ever just want to say, you know, I wonder what heaven's like. Just start saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. And you will be joining heaven in worshiping God. That, that's what heaven is like. We just we just see two different men describe basically the very same thing, Yeah, which is awesome. And it's so important when you start to study scripture that you look at those parallels because what does it do? It solidifies the truth and it, and it teaches us. So again, we see the focus here from both men. The focus is solely on Christ. When heaven is opened, why? Be, well, because his presence is <laughs> overwhelming, yeah. which should be comforting to all of us. And because this is not like anything they've ever seen. And don't you think it's, I do, don't you think it's awesome when you read these scriptures that they just describe what they see? They don't say, well, that made me feel <laughs> scared, or yeah. that made me feel wonderful, or that made me feel, you know, peaceful. Basically, Isaiah says, it made me feel awful because I realized how unworthy I was. Also in Revelation, um, in, in a, a different uh, passage of scripture, John is frightened by an angel and he bows down. Mm-hmm. And basically the same thing. He says, I'm so unworthy of this. And the angel says, get up, dude. I'm I'm just like you. I'm serving the living God. Don't bow down to me. Bow down to him. Yeah. So we just see all of these similarities that really um, tell us what heaven is like. So when we have these questions in our mind, we have to understand that what we're doing is not taking every thought captive. Mm-hmm. We're trying to individualize heaven to our own preferences and personality and hobbies, and likes, and dislikes. It's exactly what we're doing, and we need to say, I'm going to take that thought captive. I'm going to these scriptures that describe heaven very detailed, and that is the perspective of heaven that I'm going to cling to. That's good. Yeah. So Really good. Do you have another passage? Well, you can always go to Ezekiel 10. Now, that whole chapter, we're we're not going to read the whole chapter just for the sake of time, Yeah. but... The entire chapter, Ezekiel sees this vision that God gives him, and it looks almost identical to Isaiah's description and John's description. He sees these angelic figures that he describes. They look the same. In fact, uh, the same exact same verbiage is used in Revelation, that one looks like a lion, one looks like a man, one looks like an eagle, uh, and so forth. 
And Ezekiel says the very same thing in chapter 10. So Ellis, I see that you went there anyway. Do you want to read? Yeah. Yeah. Just no, I'm just, would. I'm just reading through. It's, it's the same highlights. Um, yeah. There's mention of uh, like certain jewels. Um, the cherubim are, cherubim are mentioned um, standing around the temple. Um, there's a cloud that fills the court, also similar to probably mm-hmm. the smoke that Isaiah the saw. Smoke. Yep. Um, there is, yeah, it's it's very similar. There, there's mention of wheels around the cherubim, mm-hmm. um, but the the cherubim have a very similar description of multiple wings covering certain parts of their body, mm-hmm. um, and having multiple different faces, which is probably similar to similar to John saying that they had. They were covered with eyes. Right. So um, very, very similar descriptions yeah. of who is in heaven and what is going on in heaven. What's going on there. Um, yeah. And one thing that I want to go back to, because both of both Ezekiel and Isaiah mention either a cloud or smoke. Oh, yeah. Um, so Isaiah talks about the the hymn of God filling the temple, right? The garment, yeah. Um, so his presence is, is fully filling the temple. And then um, in Ezekiel... It mentions the cloud filling the space, right? Yeah. So for me, this is what I thought about. In Revelation 21, it says that in the new heaven and new earth, we won't need the sun or the moon Mm -hmm. because the light from God and the Lamb will fully illuminate it, right? Right. And I thought, you know, what happens when light is shine, like shines within or around mm-hmm. like smoke. Yeah. And it's like very similar to what happens like with fog. Fog. Like when you shine a light on fog, it basically bounces everywhere, everywhere. Right. So the presence of God being illuminating around yeah. smoke or clouds basically just bounces everywhere. Mm-hmm. So his presence is now filling every aspect of the new heaven and new earth. Right. right. So it's it's almost like we can sense a form of things on earth because we have those somewhat similar like events. Like we can shine a light on fog and see how it bounces around and we can almost infer like that would be somewhat maybe like what it would be like, but not, not totally, totally because it's a completely different like extent because it is God. Like it is his presence illuminating everything. Um, but it, it is something that I took and I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like it's almost like a same, a similar principle Mm kind of deal. Um, but yeah. So we've talked about a little bit about what heaven looks like. Yeah. Um, let's talk about what is not there because you kind of alluded to that. So sometimes, like we said, we tend to think of heaven as a perfect earth when, when in actuality, Scripture says that this earth will be burned up. Yeah. So there's some kind of nuances here about heaven that we that we can't really experience yeah. on earth. So when we say heaven is a perfect earth, that's really a poor description because right here in Revelation, back to Revelation chapter 21, um, if you'll drop down... To verse 22, it says, I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. Yeah. So guess what's not going to be in heaven? A church building. Yeah. There's there's not going to be one there. We're not going to need it, and we'll talk about that more in just a second. Then it says, 
in verse 23, the city has no need of the sun or moon. So, okay, here we go. This is where it gets weird for me. No sun, no moon. So what does that mean? There's, there's no day cycle. Yeah. There's, there's no time cycle because we always have to remember that, that God in heaven created time, space, and matter. That's where we exist within those parameters, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have those. So when we get to where he is, we won't experience that anymore. Yeah. So, so no sun, no moon. Um, there's not really a, yeah, and it says that it says that in verse twenty five. It says its gates will never close by day because it will never be night there. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so it's always. I just kind of like for me, and this is just my personal thing. So, uh, we just went to the beach, and so yeah. when you go to the beach, the sun is really, really strong, and if you sit on the beach and close your eyes, you can still see the sun the sun is still so bright that it kind of like penetrates your like you can still see it and of course you can feel it because of the heat so I always think about this verse when I'm at the beach because I think maybe that's a little taste of of what it will be like it will just be so the light from his glory will just be so all-encompassing that that's kind of how it'll it'll just feel warm and like it almost like gets down to your soul. You know, if you go to the beach or you go somewhere tropical, the sun is just so strong. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just, you know, my thing. Look down there at verse um, 27, still in Revelation 21. He says, nothing unclean, no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the book of life. So here's what's really interesting. We have to think about what's not in heaven. So we've already said no sun, no moon, no day cycle, no kind of time parameter. But here's what's cool. So in heaven, the church, the global church, Mm -hmm. will be perfectly united with one another and with Christ. So no more denominations. Yeah. (laughs) No more physical distance between us. You know, we're, we're just over here in America. The global church, y'all, is huge. There are people all over the world who are following Christ, seeking Christ, sacrificing their lives for Christ. And once we get to heaven, none of those divisions will exist because we will all be in one space you know go back to that description you know kind of of the box if you picture it in your mind there's just a box there's no walls now I know what some of you are going to think about and we'll just go ahead and address it here you're going to say yeah but Carrie Jesus said in my father's house are many mansions yeah if it were not true I would have told you so yeah so then you're going to say okay what about that Jesus says there's different houses. Okay, well, this is a, a this is when you start to study scripture and you really get deep and you start to pull these parallels, you realize what Jesus is saying. And since it's around Christmas time and Ella says that he's going to have this edited in time, I'll just go ahead and, and share this with you. So, so that statement that Jesus makes, he's talking to a group of people that 
he's using an example. He's yeah. saying there's many, many, many mansions. He's he's telling them there's room for everyone. There's plenty of room. There's 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 not a time that that in heaven <laughs> here here it comes. Someone's going to say there's no room. Mm-hmm. So do you hear that? Where do you hear that in scripture? Of course, you hear that in the Christmas story. You hear the innkeeper say, we have no room for you. So the world from the very beginning said to Christ, there's no room here. Yeah, We don't have room for you. And then Christ says back to the world, I've got more room than you can imagine. Yeah, I've got mansions. I've got rooms. I've got more space. Isn't that and that that is just a beautiful picture right here at Christmas of the gospel. Yeah, and and it's also an important technique when you're studying scripture. I always talk about this. Comparison and contrast is probably one of the most important tools to get a full understanding of Scripture, to get, to get a better understanding. I'm sorry, I should not have said full because we, we'll never have a full understanding, but a deeper grasp of things in Scripture that will really affect your faith walk. So, Ellis, I really got off there. Okay. No, it's fine. So, uh, other things that are not in heaven. Crying. Crying. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Everybody talks about that. And that's a great thing. That's a wonderful thing to focus on. Because why is it important to know from Scripture that it says that there'll be no more sorrow, no mourning, no weeping? That is important because I'm going to let y'all in on a little secret here. Not everyone is going to heaven. Yeah. And so sometimes when we think about the people that we love here on earth, that we think, man, I wonder, you know, I, I wonder if they have salvation, I wonder if, if they're saved. We think, if they're not in heaven, that will make me Cry. sad. Right. Yeah. So, so see, that's just another time that you're, it's another opportunity for you to take that thought captive. And guys, I don't know how this works, but scripture says it does. So we have to know that we will not have those emotions in heaven. Mm-hmm. We will not be regretful. We will not be sorrowful about people that are not united with us there well for me my thought process would be we're not going to think about that or have those emotions because we will be so captivated by the presence of christ that it won't matter to us matter the sole focus will be christ yeah so okay so no crying no this is interesting i always think about this no evangelism. Mm-mm. So we will not be sharing the gospel. We won't be telling everybody about Jesus. It won't be needed because the gospel will be walking yes, among us. Yeah. Yes. Right. And it says that we're 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 kind of holed up in there together. So we're protected. So we know everyone is saved there. Everyone that's united with us there is saved. We don't have to. Yeah. Share the gospel. Yeah. So. Something else. else. No healing. No because there will be no, right. there'll be no sickness or no yeah. injuries think about or nothing. This. And, and think about this, y'all. No physical healing is necessary, but no spiritual healing is necessary. Yeah. 
So spiritual healing is is what we're doing the whole time that we're here on earth. We're constantly um, getting sanctified. That that process is ongoing until we we die here and we go to heaven. So um, there'll there'll be no. <laughs> this is that kind of makes me sad a little bit, but no studying <laughs> scripture, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no no striving. But that but that's really the part. No striving. You know, the Christian walk is about striving. Yeah. It is. Um, and so that won't be there. That that little tug that we feel um, because there's no spiritual warfare. There'll, yeah. be, there'll be no flesh um, battling against the spirit because the, the victory will be, um, it'll be palpable at that point. Mm-hmm. It won't just be something that we're striving for. It'll be experienced. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about what we're going to do there because I know that that's a very common question because like we opened the episode with, you know, are we just going to be angels? Are we going to play harps? Are we going to float around? Are we going to... Floating around would be fun. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, hey, and we might. We're we're not going to get into that on this episode, but um, we, we don't really have clear... Uh, we don't have a clear explanation on yeah. on that. But but we do have some scripture that alludes to some things that we're going to do. Yes. So let's talk about that. Um, Ellis, do you have that scripture or do well, I have it? I mean, we will be worshiping. That That's obvious from all the scripture that we've read, right? If the, the seraphim are worshiping, we can, yeah, we can know that we will be joining them in worshiping Christ. Right, because... That's the um, activity in heaven. Yeah. That, that's it. Because we've talked about all the activities that we experience here on earth that won't be necessary anymore. So once yeah. you get them all weeded out, you're pretty much left with worshiping. Yeah. So I'm going to read, I'm going to read my translation, which is in ASB. That's the one I use um, for studying and for this podcast. So in Revelation 22, verse 3, my translation says, There will no longer be any curse. And the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his bondservants will serve him. So, Ellis, does yours yeah. say something to Mine says his servants will worship him. Okay. So, if you know much about worship, yeah, scripturally, right, it has a lot of different connotations other than Western church <laughs> worship. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really doesn't. It, it has a much deeper meaning. So serve and worship um, are synonymous. For sure. So it says that we're going to serve him. In verse 4, it says they will see his face. Mm-hmm. So we're going to serve him. We're going to gaze upon him, which uh, in the book of Hebrews, it says that you should be practicing that. You and I should be practicing that right now. We should be seeking his face. We should be gazing into the face of Jesus learning about who he is. So it says here that we're going to do that, and it says his name will be on their foreheads. So I, I love that. I, I know that, you know, maybe some people think nice that's kind face of... face tat. I know, face tattoo, that's what <laughs> I was thinking. But I know some people might think that's barbaric, but again, just the ownership yeah. and protection, and, you know, when you think about when you own something that you love, you protect it, you claim it, you it's it's yours it's just a it's a beautiful picture but anyway um so if you'll jump up in the same chapter uh chapter 22 of revelation 
it opens up and it says, he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb in the middle of the street. On either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So we just talked about the fact that we won't need healing, okay? So we would really need to dive into this scripture to to understand this, but most likely this means that the fruit is going to sustain us there. Yeah. Which, y'all, I'm going to tell you, if that means eating I'm so down. I'm so excited. I'm so down. <laughs> I don't <laughs> listen. I'm not going to say, you know, one way or the other definitively if we are or are not going to eat. I, I just don't know. Um, I think it's interesting that we have scriptural evidence of Jesus eating previous to his ascension. Yeah. So. You know, he fixes the disciples a meal, and the, and they partake of a meal. Now, a meal in scripture is also you know metaphorical. It's a it's a picture of something much deeper. But um, yeah, I've just always cling to this verse when I think about eating in heaven. Am I gonna not be able to eat anymore? <laughs> 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 like that would be a shame because you know eating is just a gift that God has given us here. Yeah, the, um, on Earth, and once again. You know, the Western church, we got it made over here. You know, the global church, some of our Christian brothers and sisters, they don't eat. And some of them eat the same thing every single day. And they have for decades. I love the fact that this verse also says that there's different kinds (coughs) of fruit. Yeah. So it's kind of cool because if you think about it that way, there's like variety. Yeah. So. And every month. I know. That means just we got to be munching. That's a <laughs> <laughs> yes. So just something to think about. So um, I hope that we have at least uh, sparked your curiosity so that you will go to Scripture and uh, look at these depictions of heaven and so that you will cling to a, a fuller understanding of, of what heaven is. And this is not an easy topic, y'all. It's a toughie. Yeah. They all are. It's tough. I remember, um, you know, when you learn these truths and you think, oh, okay, well, heaven isn't all about me. At first, it's like, well, dang. Yeah, bummer. <laughs> but then you you understand as you get deeper in the fullness of Christ and the joy um, that will be um, just experiencing his presence. And like it says, you'll see him face-to-face. Yeah. So we just have a little portion of that here on earth, and then we'll have the, f- the full meal deal. I like that. Yeah. So um, we thank you guys for uh, listening with us and talking with us. Please give us uh, some suggestions for other episodes. Please. Questions that you might have. Um, we'll try to tackle them. We don't have all the answers, um, but we know who does, and we just go to Scripture and glean what we can glean and then trust that he's going to teach us the rest Yeah. Uh, once we see him. Yep. So um, we hope you all have a very Merry Christmas and enjoy the time with your family and friends and uh, just experience the, the love of Christ during the celebration of his incarnation. Yeah. yeah. If you all have any um, topics, ideas, questions, anything, 
uh, DM us on Instagram at Unpopular Truth Podcast and visit our website at www.unpopulartruthpodcast.com. Right. We'll see you guys next time.